Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane, and today I'm joined by the superstar that is Mark McDougall. On the pod today, we look back as Rangers finally win their third game in a row against a stubborn Ross County. We look ahead to what should be a bruising encounter against Hibs on Wednesday, and we assess the managerial situation. Oh no, not again, I hear you cry, and talk about Marty's comments in today's presser, where he stated that Mark Allen would be in charge of what players come in in January. Mark, we're going to start off with the Ross County victory. What did you make of the game? Uh, I thought that in the end Rangers deserved the win. Uh, I know I think Old Coyle was saying that Ross County deserved to get a point out of it and should have had the penalty at the end. I'm not sure where the penalty was. I think it was in that melee at the end when Westford Room dropped the ball. But no, I think Rangers deserved it in the end. I think it started poorly, lost the goal. Uh, but this Rangers team showed a showed something that no Rangers team in the last couple of seasons shown and that's been able to come back from a goal down. Normally if Rangers lose a goal early, they just fall apart. In fact, if Rangers don't score a goal early, they fall apart over the last couple of seasons. But on Saturday, they really stuck in, uh, struggled in the first half. I, think, I mean, I don't think Daniel Candé has found a man with the cross, but he was always shown for it. Uh, I think Ross McCrory was the best player on the pitch again. I mean, there was one stage in the first half where he won the ball in the middle of the park, ended up on the left wing put in a brilliant ball and nobody was there and he, he fell over the advertising boards after he was running that fast and I, I showed what he was about He's uh, the most exciting youngster that Ibrox has seen for a number of years do you think now we're looking at it and saying this is a guy that's a defensive central midfielder or do you think he's a future centre half or do we do we not know I, I don't think we know yet but I think he looks better in that holding role uh, He's, he's just so good on the ball as well as he's so strong in the tackle. He's big, he's strong, he's good on the ball. He's got all the attributes to be a really good defensive midfielder, uh, and he sets up so many attacks as well. And some of his passes are brilliant. He played a brilliant ball through to Josh Windass in the second half, just after I think it was just after the first goal, mm. uh, and that was a great tackle from Jason Naismith to stop Windass scoring. But it just shows what he's about. He's he can do everything really. He's, he's not, very- I don't want to push him too much but I genuinely think that he's the best player to come out of this youth system the Rangers youth system since Barry Mackay better than that do you think he's better than Barry Mackay best player to come out of that youth system since Barry Ferguson better than Charlie Adam did Charlie Adam really come through that youth academy because he joined from Dundee when he was 17 he's certainly that's that's a fair point he's he's certainly a very exciting talent I think in that defensive midfield role he gives Rangers a lot more purpose going forward because Ryan Jack tends to fall into the trap of he moves the ball around well but it's, it's often sideways he moves it back he holds the ball well but yeah. McCrory when he gets the ball he looks forward all the time and he's looking to push the ball into the channels looking to drive into the space between the lines and cause teams problems he's slightly more offensive which is bizarre when you think that he's a centre-back centre, centre 
but he gives Rangers that that sense of purpose that I think is missing that, that has been missing up until up until now what do you make of the diamonds obviously there was a lot of talk when Pedro Cusina came in that the diamond was going to be his preferred formation but we saw Rangers really struggle against Celtic playing that that formation and after that it seemed to to drift away in the wind and since bringing it back it's it's been a real success particularly against Aberdeen what do you make of it so far and do you think we're going to see Rangers continually play this going forward under Graham Murty? I don't think Cusina had the players to play the diamond formation because obviously he had Halliday at the base of it and as much as Rangers fans would love for Andy Halliday to be a success he just wasn't good enough especially as a home midfielder so that didn't really help whereas now Rangers have I think if Ross McCrory is fit Rangers can play the diamond if he's not fit they need to change formation because I think he's the only player there that can play that I don't know what you call it number four number six role where you Claude McAuley role we'll call it mm-hmm. uh, where you can pick up the ball and give it to more technically better players I suppose uh, I don't think Ryan Jack can play that role as well I don't think I don't think there's anyone else but why don't it. you think Jack can play that role because he, he has been playing that kind of yeah, defensive what, midfield player I think when he gets the ball like you said he does try and play it more sideways and backwards when he's in that position whereas when he was playing slightly further forward with McCrory playing there he was getting the ball forward he was getting forward and it was really helping the team out quite a lot whereas if he's playing slightly more defensive Know, he just seems to slow the game down a bit more when he's playing in that role than what he does when he's playing a six or an eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the diamond is a good formation for Rangers to have, but I don't think it's the one that they can play every week unless Ross McCrory is fit every week or they get somebody else in. It's also kind of dependent on Pena because he's the only natural number 10. So you've got yeah. McCrory, as you say, potentially the only naturally central def- defensive midfield player, and you've got Pena, the only natural number 10. So it means that if you have injuries... It's going to be quite disrupted. Although I would like to see Graham Dorns in that role as well. I think he could play that role fairly well. Although I think you've got if everyone's fit, I think you have a choice between Jason Holt and Graham Dorns for that position. Graham Dorns wins that every day of the week purely because of his technical ability and what he can do. Jason Holt's been excellent since he came back into the team, but I don't think if I don't think he's what Rangers need for where they want to be. For if he's a first team starter, I don't think that. If Rangers want to be challenging Celtic, Jason Holt is not a first-team player. He's great to have in the squad, he's great to have as backup, but he's not the level of player Rangers need to win a league title or to win Scottish Cups. That's just my opinion on him. I think he's, I do think he's a good player, but yeah, I think Dorans would come in there. Uh, so yeah, Peña. You see Peña on Saturday. It's, like, it's been mentioned a lot that he goes hiding. Uh, I think he did on Saturday it's not something I would have aimed at him before because I think he's just that player that doesn't move about a lot but he seemed to not want the ball on Saturday uh, and then when he came off he's, he had no impact on the game no, whatsoever he was moving around that space where he does cause problems but I think the way County set up yeah, with they, five in midfield obviously it was a bank of three and then there was two slightly more advanced it, it really narrowed the space for that Peña operates in and I felt that he drifted out of the game because of that I don't know I just think it was the game just wasn't right for him on Saturday I think there's games that are right for Peña I think games like Aberdeen weirdly and maybe even Celtic and Hibs Is that because he's a big game mentality player is that what you get a sense of? Yeah I think I think when when teams are going to be more open against Rangers then Peña is suited to it 
whereas Ross County were sitting in, they were quite happy to just let Rangers have the ball. So Penny found it harder to find those wee pockets of space where he could do damage. Mm. Uh, I, think, I think maybe when he gets, I know he's here six months and we're still seeing when he gets up to the speed of the Scottish game, but when he gets fully up to playing for Rangers in Scotland against these teams, he could he could play against these teams like Ross County and Dundee and Hamilton, who will sit in and just be stuffy, and he'll find pockets of space better then. But I think right now, if it's not Aberdeen, Hibs, Celtic probably those three then he should probably be on the bench but it's who you play in that number 10 when he's not playing because I mean you've got Josh Windass there who can play there Kenny Miller played there in the second half on Sunday or Saturday uh, Doran's obviously whole, but none of them are real number 10s compared to what Penny is and I don't know if there's anyth- anyone coming through that could take that place as well Penny's got I think 5 in the last 7 in terms of goals he's obviously a goal threat but I sense there is an increase in frustration with games where he just goes completely missing. Yeah, Ross Kenny was a perfect example of that. How does the manager look at a game and think, is this a is this a Pena game or isn't it? I know you're talking about the bigger sides yeah. where there's a bit more space. Yeah, I think as well as that, I think these games are suited to maybe more in the second half when teams are starting to tire, there's more space opening up. Because, uh, like I say, he is a goal threat. He is Chris Boyd as a midfielder. He does nothing but he scores goals. And if he does that every week for Rangers, Rangers fans will not care that he doesn't do anything else. Uh, so I think Marty or whoever comes in has a big job with him. But I think it was one, is one that will that will be worth persevering with. Because I think compared to Herrera, who, I mean, the two of them came in at the same time and Ben has... He gets a lot of the criticism, but he's been far more important for Rangers than Herrera has been. Uh, Scott Scott made the point, I think last week or the week before, about uh, Pena when he does well. Is it's often because the base behind him has done a lot of work. So against Aberdeen, you had Jack Holt and McCrory doing a lot of the dirty work, which allowed Pena yeah. the space. I felt against Ross County, part of the problem was that in the first half playing the diamond you had Candias in there on the right hand side of the diamond but he was drifting over to his more natural yeah. right wing position and it meant that the structure of the midfield they were struggling against the five that were in there for Ross County because it was essentially two plus Peña who's an auxiliary to that yeah. <laughs> against the five so the space just wasn't there looking at it, it's really important that there is that solid base for Rangers of Peña's playing whereby they're doing the donkey work. They're doing the, the running about and they're giving him the freedom to go and, and do what he does best. In the diamond, you look at the way that Miller, Windass have been freed up to come and go as they please, move around. They're dragging defences all over the place. Aberdeen didn't know who to mark when. Uh, Windass will come short, then go long. It's the same with Miller. Both have pace over the top. Both can come deep. So... I think that was a really clever decision by Murty to go with that because ultimately it left Derek McInnes and Owen Coyle on, on Saturday with some really difficult tactical decisions to make in terms of when you go and who with. Long, long term though, I do have reservations about Kenny Miller because he does in that role because he does come so far deep and so often. 
With Morelos coming back, it's going to be really interesting to see Windass in that role with Morelos. I think that could be almost a dream partnership yeah. um, with the current playing staff because they both have different abilities in terms of Morelos will go and fight you if, if he needs it. He's, he's strong, he's physical, but he's also got a bit of pace as well. Uh, which Kenny, maybe not, that's not his strong point, is getting in a physical altercation with a bigger centre yeah. half, whereas. Um, Morelos can do that and that, I think that'll leave a lot of space for Peña to go into and Windass to go into as well we started to see that on Saturday even though the position for the formation had changed yeah I think as well as that the formation whatever formation they go with uh, Marty is going to have to decide whether it's sacrifice Candace or sacrifice Windass I don't like the two of them because Windass isn't a left winger Candace isn't a central midfielder so if he's playing the diamond, he's got to sacrifice Candace and just leave him out of the team. Bring him on the second half like he did against Aberdeen both both games. Or if he's going to go with the 4-4-1-1, you can't play Windass left. Play him at, you can still play him in the number 10, I suppose, if you play the 4-4-1-1. But I think there's a huge decision to be made tomorrow for tomorrow night's game especially on whether you sacrifice Windass or Candace. And at the moment, leaning towards Windass because it was, I know Candace is six assists this season, but in recent weeks, Windass has been the much better player. So, it's some big choices to be made for Graham Martin. Well, you were talking about that today in an article you wrote for the Daily Record Online looking at the importance of Ross McCrory against uh, John McGinn. Now, from what we understand today, McCrory is going to be pretty much 50-50 going into this game. How will that impact Rangers if he doesn't play? Right, Rangers' chances of winning go up massively if Ross McCrory is fit. Uh, like I said in the article, John McGinn is the key player for Hibs. Uh, he was absolutely outstanding on Sunday. I'm not. I do think he's a bit overrated. I'm not his biggest fan, but he was so good on Sunday. Uh, Brendan Rodgers said that Scott Brown dominated him, but there's just no way that that is true. Uh, Scott Brown was good, but John McGinn was even better. Uh, so I think having Ross McCrory fit, and I guess it's just such a good battle because of such contrasting players like. McGinn's got a really low centre of gravity, works hard, he's just a wee battler, whereas McCrory is really good in the tackle, but he's a big lanky guy, mm-hmm. and but he gets stuck in, so it'll be interesting to see how they go together. And it's like McGinn wins a lot of free kicks from, from his low centre of gravity and being down and shoved over and stuff like that, so it's something McCrory will have to watch, but I think if there's any player in this Rangers team that could stop John McGinn, then it is Ross McCrory. Uh, and if he's out, then there's nobody else to play in that holding midfield row. Barjonis isn't quite ready for a game like this. I don't think he's good on the ball. He's He works hard, but he's not Ross McCrory's level yet. And I know they're only a year apart, but like McCrory's just a super freak uh, compared to him. So if McCrory isn't fit, then Rangers have big problems in that midfield, especially with Ryan Jack suspended as well. So, how would you set up against uh, against Hibs if you were uh, without McCrory? How do you think Rangers McCrory, will do it? Uh, without McCrory, I think he's. I think Marty has to go back to his four four one one, play Candace on the right, and then you've just got to go with Holton Barjonis in the middle. I think uh, leave Pena on the bench, in this case, uh, and then put Kenny Miller on the number ten with the roving yeah. brief that he seems to have yeah, just been given let him play wherever he wants to because that seems to be what he's doing just now anyway he's just giving that role of play up front or, another thing he could do as well is bring in Lee Hodson I think it was the Aberdeen game 
last season Mark Warburton played James Tavernier in that sort of sitting role or in centre midfield and he was really good that day uh, he's not a centre midfielder in his life but needs must at this time so he could bring in Lee Hodson at right back push Tavernier into that sort of sitting role and see if that works but yeah it's a lot of jiggery pokery going on to yeah, make it work yeah. um, if the injuries are as we think they may be looking to Hibs they're obviously having a terrific season they are recruitment has been excellent are they a serious threat to Rangers for second? I don't think they are because of their inconsistency I know Rangers have been quite inconsistent themselves but on their day Hibs are one of the best teams in the country but there's days like like the Hamilton game earlier in the season where they just don't show up uh, even a couple of other games where they've just not been themselves and uh, I think I Hibs fourth for Hibs is a good position for them this season just up from the championship uh, Lennon will be delighted if he gets fourth place I think uh, especially with Rangers and Aberdeen having bigger, much bigger budgets I would imagine I don't know if Aberdeen's is much bigger but Rangers have a much bigger budget uh, and if they hold on to John McGinn after January then, then maybe they can push but if they lose him in January I think they'll be in baller for challenges for second do you think Rangers should be thinking about John McGinn? Oh, 100%. Uh, I think Rangers should be going for John McGinn because his style of play, he, he's he's suited to that Rangers team. Uh, he runs about as much as Jason Holt does, but he's better on the ball. And uh, and he gets stuck in as well. As we've seen that plenty he's, this season. He's got a lot of potential to grow into, become a player that Rangers could potentially say they were to take him. Yeah. Could sell him on for a significant yeah. profit. I suppose the question is whether he would want to make the move. Nottingham Forest are very interested. There's always been chat that behind the scenes Celtic are interested in him. I heard someone say that Brendan Rodgers' comments when he was asked to compare it with Scott Brown were probably a uh, slightly uh, under-the-radar yeah. way of keeping the, the, the temper down on, on what a player he is because he wants to keep the price down when it comes to bidding yeah. for him in the summer. We, we don't know if that's true or not, but certainly he seems like a natural fit and I think there's an, a sort of feeling out there that John McGinn is a naturally uh, inclined towards a move to Celtic and that will eventually just happen and he's, a lot of people seem to think that he's Scott Brown's replacement which for club and country which but Celtic would be doing well if they managed to get him because he is a very good player but uh, I know I've contradicted myself there saying that he was overrated earlier but uh, I know what you mean though because um, his elevation to the Scotland squad when in the championship yeah. I think was was extremely unusual and led people to say, well, the guy we ha- he's not performing at the top level in Scottish football. Why is he in the in the Scotland squad? However, I think it could be argued that his impact on the league, if you look at his stats, especially, suggests that he is a player of real significant talent. Yeah, I think he's got a lot of potential to be a really good player. He's still only twenty three. Got to remember that. So he's not going to be brilliant every single week. If he was, he wouldn't be playing for Hibs in Scotland. Yeah. Uh, but he has the potential to go very far in the game. It's just whether. Celtic can get him or if Rangers can get him or if he goes down south what he does Neil Lennon has come into Hibs and given them a strength of character that wasn't there before we had the whole Hibs step phenomenon and Celtic nearly Hibs did on Sunday they did <laughs> but Hibs seem to be a team that just won't accept when they're beaten we saw that against Celtic when they're two goals down most teams in Scotland would have yeah. crumpled I don't think there's another team in Scotland that would have come back from two goals down against Celtic Absolutely, and should have won it at the end how do you rate the job Neil Lennon's doing? I think he's doing a brilliant job at Hibs. Um, I don't know 
where he goes from Hibs if he ever decides to leave either. So I think his only real option would be back to Celtic, which I'm not sure will happen. So um, yeah, he's doing a brilliant job though. He's he's got that Hibs team fighting for everything. Uh, he's he's a big part in why guys like Effie Ambrose and Anthony Stokes went to Hibs because let's be honest, Effie Ambrose, as much as he was slaughtered at Celtic for his mistakes, he's probably too good for Hibs. Uh, or the hip level Hibs were at when he signed. Yeah, I mean, here's a guy that has been pilloried, but ultimately, when he's at his best, like, for example, the game against Barcelona, yeah. you know, he's, he's centre-back that night against um, the best players in the world, against one of the best teams that there's ever been, and Matt Marshall, the set of defence, the victory. So he, he has something, and... The occasional mistake is the massive flaw in his game. Yeah, but and he did it on Sunday again after he scored. Yeah. Uh, he made a mistake. Uh, I think it was Dembele that got through and missed. Uh, but he's got that in his game where he, he can make a mistake, but the vast majority of the time, especially when he's been at Hibs, he's been very, very good. In terms of the, the wide areas, they've got pace to, to burn with Boyle and Barker up there. Do you think that they'll look to target... The Rangers fullbacks predilection towards bombing forward. Declan John in particular, great going forward, but starting to see that defensively he's maybe a little bit like Lee Wallace. Yeah. It's not his strong point. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Declan John started as a left winger at Cardiff, and I don't think he ever actually played as an out and out left back until he signed for Rangers because he played sort of left wing back and stuff like that, so it wasn't necessarily as much defensive work, but um, he needs to be at his best defensively against Martin Boyle. Um, I think he's a really underrated footballer. Boyle? Yeah. yeah. He's just, he's so direct, he's quick, he's got a good delivery on him, he's got a good shot on him. I, I'm surprised that there's not been teams linked with him. And I think he signed a four-year contract recently, so he would cost a bit of money now, but he's definitely one of the better players in the league for me. And then, obviously on the other side as well, you've got, I don't think he'll start Brandon Barker on tomorrow night. Um, I think he might push Stokes out to the left and play Simon Murray through the middle uh, or Ollie Shaw who's done quite well for them but I think it probably leaning more to Simon Murray Is it one of those where you've got certain players who always do well against certain clubs and Anthony Stokes and Rangers yeah. has a special flavour that gets him up yeah, like, for the game like no other Like Kenny Miller against Aberdeen and Celtic he, yeah. he's got to play and for Hibs Anthony Stokes has got to play against Rangers and I think there's a wee bit of history with him and Tavernier there as well, obviously, the last game when Stokes really should have been sent off after about three minutes when he had Tavernier in a UFC chokehold. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think there's a bit of history there as well that could. I, I think Lennon will want his team to battle. I don't, I'm not saying that he'll go out to hit, get his players to hit Rangers players, but Rangers players haven't really shown that they can deal with teams being in their face. I mean, that game, the 3 2 game at Ibrooks, you've got the cup semi final against uh, against Motherwell where they got right in their faces and Rangers players kind of struggled with it a wee bit so I think Lennon will do that again with Stokes up against the Vernier with he'll have McGinn doing as usual he'll have Marvin Bartley flying into tackles uh, he'll have everyone just 110% for the full game and you mentioned the, the previous encounter at Ibrox which was generally accepted to have been slightly ruined by some yeah. erratic referee and certainly Stokes should have been sent off in that game how important is it that the referee approaches this game I think he needs to show correctly like, show some common sense not like obviously the Stokes one 
was 100% a red card but I don't think he can be too quick to get his cards out in this one yeah. I think you've, he's, you've kind of got to treat it like an old one <coughs> where maybe let a couple of tackles go but don't let them go too far obviously if they're horrendous tackles then show a red card right away but don't be too niggly with them I think uh, I guess the only way to deal with it is let the players have let the players show some passion for the game because it, it is a rivalry now since the championship uh, and obviously the cup final uh, and then that last game just turned into a war on the pitch so it was not yeah. it wasn't really a game of football being played because uh, obviously you had the Stokes incident and then you had the other Stokes incident where Ryan Jack when Jack got sent off you had Neil Lennon and the fans uh, you had plenty of other incidents in that game which wouldn't look out of place in an old form game yeah it'll be some atmosphere I expect at Easter Road tomorrow night just moving on to our final topic looking at Graham Murty's comments in today's presser uh, I'm just going to read the quote out he said our recruitment department and Mark are looking at targets they're looking at players with the characteristics required to play for this football club I'm not involved in identifying targets I'm involved in identifying characteristics and areas of the squad we need to strengthen we're in daily discussions but as it comes closer to that time and to individual players you'll have to talk to Mark because he's in charge of that side of it at the moment in our current setup." Is that surprising to you that he's got this lack of uh, insight or given that he's just the interim manager and what does this tell us about the influence and power of the director of football's role at Rangers given that there's been a vacuum of information about it <laughs> and do you think that perhaps this is one of the reasons why the managerial situation has been ticking on this long? No, I think I think it's different for Graham Murty compared to a permanent manager. I think a permanent manager will have a say in what players come in. Uh, like right now, Murty he's not going to be in charge in long term, so there's no point in him. Do you, do, you, do you believe that absolutely? Because I don't, to be honest. I think if he wins all the games yeah. between now, I think if he if he wins all the games and beats Celtic, then he'll get the job. I'm sure. But at this moment in time, he is not going to get the job long term not, not even if he wins all the games and doesn't beat Celtic or gets good results in nah, the vast majority I can't see it I can't. I, I don't think Graham Murthy wants the job full term or full time uh, I think he wants to go back to his job as under 20s manager continue developing players like Ross McCrory and do what he is good at uh, so I, I don't think it says much about the system right now I think when you get a director of football in you can't expect him to do that job where he, signed, where he targets players, signs players. I mean, really, it's only in the UK where that's looked down upon. Well, that's why I bring it up, just because it is it is unusual, and there was eyebrows raised, and you could see that on yeah. from the reaction on social media. I think it's perfectly normal that, that Graham Murphy would say, I need a new, let's just say, left-back, and the director of football says, well, here's five, which one do you like? And then they have a discussion about who's available and who they have and Graham Murray might say well I like this guy have you looked at this guy and it's more of a inclusive situation yeah. than it would have been in the past where it was very much based on a manager's sort of prejudices of who they liked yeah. relationships in the game relationships with agents to me this seems more joined up in a business sense yeah it makes far more sense for three or four players to pick or three or four between the director of football the manager coach and whoever else to come up with a list of players, sit down, target them, than it is for, say, one manager just to go out and say, I want this guy for 
whatever, just pay whatever money you need. Uh, it's not good in a business sense. It's not really that good in a football sense for in in the sense that I've said sense an awful lot in the last couple of minutes. That makes sense. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't in the sort of way that for a philosophy at a football club it doesn't make any sense to have one guy picking loads of players. If you look at if there was a director of football in before Pedro Senior took charge, yeah. would we have seen Carlos Pena join Rangers? Would we have seen Yeah, I totally get exactly what you're Rangers? saying. Warburton comes in, he brings in loads of English based players. Yeah. Uh, Kachina comes in gets rid of them all brings loads of players from Europe and Mexico next manager comes in and goes being Derek McInnes he would have said get rid of all them bring in uh, Scottish Scottish players you know players from Aberdeen no doubt and then it goes on this cycle of bringing in players on mass and get rid of players on mass and and it costing the club an absolute arm and a leg so if you have a slightly more joined up approach where it's more inclusive of different individuals at the club then it's not so much based on just that one man yeah. uh, in an environment whereby managers are getting sacked at a, a, a rate that just doesn't make that really doesn't allow that to make sense really um, just one other point on recruitment, Louis Moult um, we had the exclusive that it looks like Louis Moult is signed or signing for Preston on a pre-contract agreement, do you think Rangers have missed a trick with that one? In that story, it says that Louis Moult was getting ten times more wages than he's getting at Motherwell. I don't know what he'll be on at Motherwell. It's probably one of the highest areas there. I would imagine, maybe. I don't. I don't know for sure. But I think we can assume that he's on between one and two grand a week. Yeah, so in reality, he'd probably be coming in as number two striker as well behind Alfredo Morelos. So if he went to Rangers, yeah. So I'm not sure Rangers would pay that much money for. So we're him. looking at a deal that is approximately ten grand a week. I'm sure he'll be a success at Preston. He would have been a success at Rangers. He would have been a success at Aberdeen Celtic whoever he signed for because he is a very good player but I don't think Rangers can go paying that sort of money for a player like Louis Moult whereas down in England it's just expected that players like that get 10, 15, 20 grand a week whereas it's the best players at Rangers that get that sort of money Is that why it's more important for Rangers or why it's so important for Rangers to be looking in other markets other than England because the quality of bargain there is almost non-existent. It's really, really difficult in such an inflated market to, to get value for money. Yeah, it's, even if you look at uh, people keep talking about Moussa Dembele being a great bargain and stuff like that, but he'll be on big wages at Celtic compared to what maybe guys like, say, Alfredo Morelos, Josh Windass... No, I think it's on. about 40 grand a week he's on, yeah, something like that. If he's on that sort of money, then that's not a bargain. I mean, if they sell for 20 million, then great business from Celtic but mm. that's a lot of money for a player for a 19, 20 year old that's never really done it anywhere uh, so I think yeah, Rangers need to look into the markets like Finland and stuff where they picked up Alfredo Morelos go to South America get the right players don't pay 2.3 million for a 29 year old attacking midfielder that's never been out of the country like Carlos Peña Eduardo Ferreira uh, look for the younger players that have potential guys like Morelos who just want to bust the gut and be as good as they can be mm-hmm. uh, again look to Finland even you know, look well, at Scotland yeah. there's plenty of good players in Scotland guys like Kenny McLean Jamie Walker Louis Moult obviously uh, plenty of others there's Scotland Ireland Wales there's plenty of good players there Yeah, you've just got to search for them and persuade them to move to Scotland rather than move to England Okay Mark final point 
We're going into the January transfer window. Who are the three players that you think Rangers might be looking to move on? Not sign, move on in the January window. Uh, if they can. I'll give you a player. Eduardo Herrera. Yeah, I think he would be the number one that they would look to move on. Uh, Big wages, hasn't done much, yeah. barely a start. Yeah, he's, I think he's the most used sub in the league this season. Uh, Fabio Cardoso, maybe. He's, he's down to fifth choice centre-back now, but it looks like he wasn't even on the bench at the weekend. Uh, anyone else? Do you think that's maybe linked to his... He's taken a pretty bad injury, that psychological element uh, to that? Perhaps. He looked good when he came on against Aberdeen. Yeah. Uh, that celebration after he cleared the ball was I love seeing stuff like that that shows uh, pa- that showed passion that's yeah, for sure but I think maybe he would be one that I mean he's still young so maybe not but I think he might be one that they might look to move on and then Michael Halloran when he comes back from his loan deal I think that's an interesting one you don't think that Morty might fancy utilising his pace in some way I don't think, think Halloran fancies it anymore um, see his comments a couple of weeks ago when he was asked about it about going back to Rangers he said but doesn't know what the future holds, but he'll just need to wait and see whether the club wants him and stuff like that. And just reading into it, it seemed like he doesn't really want to go back and can't really blame him. It hasn't worked out for him at the club. Could probably move to England, get a decent wage down there and do a decent job in the Championship, the League One sort of level. And yeah, I think he would be one that Rangers might like. I suppose the only other player that might come into consideration would be Carlos Peña. Yeah. In terms of if they could find someone who would take him, Pedro Cusinho's got a new job. If they could persuade him to, how do you think that would go down with the fans if he did go out back out on loan or on a permanent deal? I think it would have to be a permanent deal. I don't think the fans would be happy if he went out on loan. Um, but I, I can, I think it sort of be a mixed reaction where people would be like, see when Jeremy Clement left Rangers, when Paul again left, and everyone was like, ah, he was quite good. He was he was the one player at the yeah. at the time that he looked like a, a decent, a decent he, guy. He could yeah. do a job. I think that'd be that sort of way where you kind of expect him to move on, but you're still the fans are still slightly disappointed that he has and it hasn't worked out that sort of way. Yeah, I, I think it's been reported in the Daily Record that Herrera and Pena together are on forty grand a week combined. So, if that's the kind of money that we're talking about, you've got to ask whether or not they're actually together worth it. worth that. Right. So, so you could maybe understand it if that was the situation. Okay, that's all from us. We'll be back next midweek with more news and analysis from all things Rangers. If you want to get in touch with us, you can continue the debate. I'm on Twitter at Johnny R McFarlane and Mark is uh, at McDougall1994. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audio Boom to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening. Let your body